obviously the first thing that you do when you see these patients is you're not doing a complete physical exam. These are emergency decompensated patients. You're going to do your primary survey, airway, breathing, circulation, make sure they're fine. Mm -hmm. And obviously you're going to intubate them. If you have any concerns about their breathing, the first indication for intubation is thinking about intubation. Mm -hmm. Don't be afraid <laughs> to capture the patient's airway. You have that patient's airway captured, you can take a little deep breath, uh -huh. let your you heart rate and blood yeah. pressure come down and then move forward. Sorry for saying sorry media presents the Purr Podcast, the best podcast for feline medicine and surgery with tips, tricks, and updates for the entire veterinary healthcare team. If you're dying to know more about cats, keep on listening. Here are your hosts, Dr. Susan Little, famous cat vet and textbook author, and Dr. Yola Kirpenstein, talented surgeon and social media geek. Hello, this is Dr. Yola Kirpenstein, and this is the Per Podcast, and I am together with the awesome, <laughs> smiling, and always funny doctor. <laughs> Me, Susan Little? Excellent. Yeah, because I have coffee, and we have a great guest who I adore. <laughs> yes. I adore yes. both of you guys. I'm just in my, I'm in my, uh, in I'm in zone. heaven, I'm in a happy place. She's in her happy zone. Both so. of you guys make me happy. So. Uh, and uh, so we, she did the trick on me. It didn't work, obviously. Uh, with the, Making you start? Uh, exactly. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So really what we should have done, both quiet. We should, we should have made Chris start. I know, I know, exactly. See if we could do it. So we have the amazing. Hey guys, it's Christopher Byers, otherwise known as Critical Care DVM. And we stopped our last podcast talking about the block cats, and we yeah. were not done because we only talked about decompressive cystosynthesis. <laughs> uh, no, yeah. Oh god, there we go. Is so, this like the retractable cysto. colon you talked no. about the other day? Yes. Oops, did I say shut up? On the, I did. I did. Yeah. We did so a lecture together you know, she, the other day. She always makes fun and of a, yeah. And a couple of interesting things popped into yeah, yeah, mouth. Yeah, exactly. One was the retractable colon. Yeah. I mean, are you familiar? I mean, I may have put my foot in my foot with the foot in my mouth a few times during my presentations. <laughs> Thank you, too, Chris. So. Thank yeah. you. But you don't have a colleague next to you that they need to start blaring out for the several hundred people that were in the room uh, pointing I'm not out. How ridiculous it was! So I was, uh, yeah, it was a, it was a great moment in my life. <laughs> I, I enjoyed that lecture so much because of the the um, the funny things you said unexpectedly, yeah. <laughs> and because I got to show a picture of Yola in a poop emoji costume. Yeah. Oh, I think I need to see that. Yes, yes, oh, we'll yes. make that happen. We'll, we'll, we'll put it on the animal farm for our, our friends to enjoy. But uh, yeah, so very happy that you're here. Uh, let's change the subject. Uh, the Off of Viola, back to block cats. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we talked about the decompressive cystocentesis and the benefits of it and that it's safe. And, you know, I always say to veterinarians, if you do the technique right, and if that bladder ruptures, it was going to rupture no matter Period. what you did. Correct. Mm. Right? I mean, mm. I, I will never forget watching Jody Lulich give his presentation where he oh. has the blown up balloon. Oh, yeah, with the and needle. And the needle. Yeah. And the, needle, the balloon doesn't pop. And the same yes. thing can be Every said for the urinary bladder yes. of a cat. Everybody loves that. It's, it's so just, dramatic, isn't it? Jody's presentation, he just does a great job. Yeah, I hate lecturing after Jody. Right? No. I have no props. <laughs> yes. He yes. comes in there with props. Yes. Even Joe Barges <clears throat> does this thing where he like makes salt crystals form in a solution. And I'm like, oh, I that, got nothing. Jody does that too. Does with, he? with a little suture. So yeah. he has this little thing and he warms it up. And you know, the funny thing was he told me these, these substances are 
kind of dangerous because they can explode <laughs> when you bring right. them in the plane you, know, you have to be right. like and then he's concocting this in his hotel room together and then you have to be very careful because if you knock them they crystallize immediately so he's, he's walking in the room with his very little concoction carefully. and then he puts it on very carefully on the thing and then he only has to take his suit and put it in there and, and goes, boom yes. yeah I can't yeah. compete with that I, 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 I can't compete with that listen man we gotta get some props yeah. we gotta I figure out a way to get Jody. props Jody is amazing yeah. Amazing speaker, so. Yeah. But I'm glad you mentioned um, sacrococcygeal blocks. Yeah. I mean, One of my favorite things. And it's so easy to do. Mm. So I am an epidural weenie because, you know, I'm just, it's just not a something what? like a weenie. An epidural weenie. Do you know what that means? An epi weenie. A- I'm going to remember that. Uh oh. <laughs> King of constipation. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Poor Chris is caught in the middle here. <laughs> Okay, so I'm scared of doing epidurals, okay? But this epidural is so safe and so easy, right? Mm. It's really hard to go wrong with this epidural. You know, going from the sacral space or even C1, C2. Yep. There's no spinal cord there. That's why I like it. Exactly. In the cat, particularly, right? You're past the end. anatomy and just explain to, you know, Susan why she can do anything No, no, I know this. Okay, good. And I also know that the spinal cord in the cat ends at a different point typically than the spinal cord in the dog. Where does it end? A cat L7. Excellent. Hmm? Is that good? Is that true? Yes. Well, that's what I would have said. Good. Okay. <laughs> Phew, I'm like, that's says. what I would have said. Yeah. And yeah. I'm looking at this anatomical expert yeah. over here. Hello. Yes, yes, exactly. exactly. Yeah. Hello. Well, uh, okay. Yep. Great. Yep. Yeah. So, so that's why I like doing this epidural because I know I can't hit the spinal mm. cord. Um, and uh, once you try it a couple times, easy to get. Sometimes I can't get it in big fat cats because it's... It can be challenging because yeah, yeah, it's 32, 45 degrees and mm. each cat's a little okay, bit different. Can you do the stepwise yeah. procedure for how us? Do we, how do we do it? How do we do it? So we... Clip so and clip and prep either over the area of... Uh, sacrum to c1 or or i guess cd1 because mm-hmm. i don't want to confuse okay. that with cervical True. vertebra so cd1 or the area from cd1 to cd2 mm-hmm. and you're going to use a 25 or 27 gauge needle mm-hmm. and you're going to insert it perpendicular uh, perpendicular re- in some patients to, yeah but typically in. then move it 30 to 45 degrees to fully uh 45 degrees which way you so could actually i typically am tilting the part of the needle that's in my hand towards totally towards the tail okay ah i do it the other way you do it the other way yeah so the needle when i do it the needle is pointing tip of the needle is pointing to the tail to the tail base yeah yeah that's like so so you're saying the the part that's in my hand yeah goes this okay we do it the same yeah we do the same okay and let's not confuse our readers no okay and you're waiting for the pop going through the interarcuate ligaments are you impressed i'm so impressed it's just like oh heaven here on this couch (laughs) he always gets me on anatomy oh lordy yeah excellent so yeah now that's great and then we infuse a bit of lidocaine and yep so you do some lidocaine immediately or yeah 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 like you know draw back make sure there's no blood no blood no blood yeah and how much lidocaine do you typically use 0.1 mls per Per kilo yeah yeah you know your average cat's like 0.4 0.5 takes effect quickly you know 
And as, as and then we, you talked about etricurium. Oh, yeah. Let's talk a little yeah, bit about that. Yeah, so there's one paper mm. where you instilled a very small volume. I don't think any cat got more than 0.5 mLs of atricurium infused into the urethra. Mm. Promote a smooth muscle relaxation. Yeah. Uh, and what they found was that it facilitated ease of catheterization mm. first time pass i believe without the atricurium in that study was in the high teens oh, wow and with the atricurium it was in the high 60s mm. and and no chance of generalized uptake is not enough or correct mm. okay yeah yeah, no, that makes sense. Because kind of no matter why they're blocked, right? There could be a plug, there could be a stone, it could be just kind of functional, but there's always like a spasmodic component Correct. to it, right? Mm. Yep. Yeah. I think that's a little known trick. Yeah, for some Isn't reason, it? that is not something that is... Not widely known. Widely known. Is Atticurium easy to get? It's easy to get. Cheap? It's super cheap. Easy so so the cheap. question I have then for you from an anatomical point, mm -hmm. uh -oh. um, so most of the time the cats probably will plug in the tip of the penis with, you know, it's, it's you know, the plug is more like protein and sediment and that's sort of thing. <laughs> it's not really stone because a lot of people think it's like stone, but it's not. It's like a proteinous mass. Um, the atricurium, you can't, I mean, you still need to push it. So aren't you already there kind of past the obstruction when you put the atricurium in? Well, it, with a plug, that's probably mm -hmm. fairly true. But if you look at overall statistics of causes of urethral obstruction, mm -hmm. the number one cause is not a plug. Mm -hmm. It's not a stone. 53% of the time, it's that wonderful I word, yeah. idiopathic. Yeah. yeah, and that's true. So yeah. I, I think that, that that's a very, very good point. So, yep. uh, and, and when you use a spasmolytic, I mean, that's probably what you want to yep. treat. So. And of course, if it is a distal issue, well, there's not any skeletal muscle in the distal yeah. penis, so yeah, maybe the atricurium muscle. is not going to yeah, be effective yeah. with a distal penile issue, but if there is a proximal component... Mm. That's our problem. Help. We don't have any good smooth muscle mm -hmm. yeah. um, drugs. They're all well, skeletal muscle drugs. Yeah, that's right. yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Good tip. Um, and then you just slap it on the table and go for it. No, you don't. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, you don't. No. No, no, no. No, no. Let's back no. up a little bit because mm -hmm. we do have to make sure that we know everything about that patient because there are some um, issues that could make them very unstable, cardiovascularly unstable. Correct. Let's talk a little bit about that. So I think, obviously, well, the first thing that you do when you see these patients is you're not doing a complete physical exam. These are emergency decompensated patients. You're going to do your primary survey, airway, breathing, circulation, make sure they're fine. Mm -hmm. And obviously, you're going to intubate them if you have any concerns about their breathing. The first indication for intubation is thinking about intubation. Mm -hmm. Don't be afraid <laughs> to capture the patient's airway. You have that patient's airway captured, you can take a little deep breath, uh -huh. let your you heart rate and yourself. blood okay. pressure come down, and then move forward. Um, I am also a big fan of trying one time to get vascular access through vein, but then if that's not successful, don't futz around doing a cut down, do an intraosseous uh, uh, catheter. Mm -hmm. There's two, it's okay. just too easy to do in a cat, yeah. especially if you've invested in the very inexpensive uh, intraosseous drill. Yeah, the e easy the IO. Easy IO. Yep. Yeah, that's we, one. It's wonderful. Yep. Uh, so you can get uh, central access with an intraosseous catheter in 
less than 10 seconds. Mm. It's it's wow. truly fantastic. It's and then you get your samples. And what you're looking for is, you know, what's my acid base status? How, how severe is my metabolic acidosis? What is my potassium? potassium. How severe is my patient's hyperkalemia. Mm -hmm. And I I am typically, if it's greater than six, six. Yeah. I'm reaching for two things right away. Intravenous fluids, obviously, to correct my help correct my patient's shock state, but I'm also reaching for calcium gluconate. Not that it does anything mm -hmm. for potassium, but it buys you more time because it's a myocardial protective. Yeah. So what's your favorite? So if uh, fluids, because fluids will dilute out potassium a bit um, mm -hmm. as well. So if that's not enough, everybody has their favorite of their next step to bring potassium down, right? Yep. There's like bicarb people, there's dextrose people, there's insulin. So so what's your favorite? Yeah. So if I need to reach right, I'll be completely okay. honest, most of the time, after fluids and yeah. buying a little bit of time I, with I calcium you, gluconate, yeah. I don't really have to. Yeah. But if I'm going to reach for the third thing, I'm going to reach for dextrose first. Okay. And if I'm not happy with that response, then I'll add in a little bit of regular insulin. I can't tell you the last time I reached for sodium bicarb, not because mm. I'm afraid of it. I just haven't mm. to reach yeah. for it. Yeah. And I, I don't know that we have a lot of head-to-head -head comparisons either with these things. Yeah. So I think it just comes down to what you like to use and what you're comfortable with. Yeah. 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 Going back to the interosseous thing, I don't think everybody will be so familiar with mm. it as you are. So are there any limitations to it? I think in cats, the biggest limitations are your comfort in doing it. If you've mm -hmm. never done it before, you're going to be petrified and it's maybe not the best time to try. But if mm. your patient's life depends on it, I trust colleagues to be able to do the right thing. Yeah. Um, and availability. A lot of people don't have the tools mm -hmm. and they don't know where to do it so <laughs> so maybe we put a link into uh we can there'll be some videos um yeah. and um there are um there are uh at different conferences wet labs that teach technique based things yeah. you know i'm i teach one at western every year and we usually teach intraosseous access because you can use it for so many things so you can like you know you can search out some ways but we'll put some links in our show notes to um oh, some details i have a great topic to talk about you do Sunday. like now yes. yeah because it's a topic for you for me yes because you don't like tubes in the chest I have a. Uh, well, no, I don't. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't like traditional tubes. I like the modified cell. cell say the you word. Like modified Seldinger technique. Thank you. <laughs> I can't. I trip over that all the time. So I like the. Mm. So in cats, I like those. <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah. oh, she's getting the eye. Here all right. Okay. Excellent. So, no, no, no. Tell, the, so yeah. tell me what you like to do. I just put a traditional chest tube, the pop you? and go. Oh no, you're like wow. the wow. as Tony Johnson calls them, the whack-a-mole yeah, technique. Yeah, well, and Tony was the ER director during my <laughs> residency, so and his wife Gretchen was my resident mate so, and roommate. So, no, so I, you know uh, what I mean. <laughs> um, but to me, that's the quickest. But yeah. I did work with a criticalist who loved. I think it's a Mila catheter. Yeah. With the modified cell yeah. technique, I'm like, okay. Yeah. You're making me feel old. Yeah. Show me this. Mm -hmm. It's a bit fiddly. And it took forever. Yeah, it's fiddly. <laughs> it took forever. It's and fiddly. I just don't, uh, you know, for most of those patients, unless it's a controlled scenario, intra-op, uh, mm, I, I, I don't have the time to futz around. I hear you. But intra-op, you don't need any application techniques. You just put them in. I mean, it's not that because you have visibility, you, have, you see yeah. everything. So yeah. uh, 
you have time. Yeah. Yeah. You have time. Now, I also don't work so much in with critical patients, right? Sure. So often if I'm placing a chest tube, I have time to futz with them. You have an extra. Let's go back. And and she she had never done, this criticalist had never done the The (laughs) whack-a-mole. So I'm like, okay, well, you taught me this. I don't really like it. But now you get to do a whack-a-mole. Yeah. And... God love her. She couldn't get it. <laughs> oh, well, and it was a huge German Shepherd. Oh, and she it, she bent the tube. Oh, <laughs> no wow. kidding. She couldn't get it. Yeah. And she's like, I don't like this technique. I'm like, I understand. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> yeah. Pros and cons. Yep. Pros and cons. So yeah. uh, potassium. We talked about. Oh that. yeah. Let's go back to potassium. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So most of the time we're we're good with just expanding volume and. Yeah, and I think that's if you. Ask the question of what's your biggest pet peeve overall in yeah. medicine. Yeah. It's fluid therapy. Mm. Lack of attention to fluid therapy. Okay, so I am going to immediately confess that I find fluid therapy confusing and I find it ch- recommendations change mm-hmm. and I can't keep up. Sure. And so my, um, my, my, Textbook has a very nice fluid therapy chapter that's done by Tony Johnson and mm-hmm, Kathy mm-hmm. James and Kathy Lunn. And I read it and I edited it and I am like more confused than ever. So I am like, I am a confused okay, the, fluid therapy the, person. The one, two, three of fluid yeah. therapy. Here we go. <clears throat> so point number one, maintenance is not a rate. Maintenance is a type of fluid. Uh-huh. Ooh, I like so that. you've heard of Normasol R. Yep. That R stands for Work. resuscitation. Okay. Mm-hmm. There's also Normasol M. M is maintenance. maintenance. So you have resuscitative fluids, which are typically your isotonic crystalloids and <clears throat> hypertonic saline. And then you have your maintenance fluids, which in veterinary medicine we don't use very often. Your dextrose 5% water, your norm, uh, half-strength saline, etc. Normasol M. Mm-hmm. Why don't we use them? Because of inventory control. Mm-hmm. It's a practical reason. Mm-hmm. Okay? True. But... I think if we can get away from people just saying, I'm going to put them on twice maintenance and start thinking about the three questions or the three phases of fluid therapy, resuscitation. What are we asking during that time? Is my patient hypovolemic? If the answer is yes, you have to address that first and you address it through boluses of resuscitative fluids. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the bolus, you evaluate endpoints of resuscitation. And those endpoints are different for each scenario. But once you're happy with your progress in those endpoints or you've satisfied your endpoints, then you move on to the second phase. So just before you move on, are yeah. you are do are so maybe I'm totally wrong on this, but I tend to use that ten times the body weight in kilos thing. There's for? so many formulas yeah. for uh, like guessing bolus doses. So for bolus boluses, you'll hear people say, I'm gonna give a shock bolus. Mm. So they'll say, I'm gonna give a quarter shock. shock bolus. I, I hear that. I hear that. So where does that come from? Well they'll say <clears throat> a shock bolus is fifty mils per kilo. All that is is the blood volume of a cat. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Does every cat in shock need 50 mils per kilo? Of course not. Right. So mm. we give a fraction of that, the quote unquote quarter, quarter. shock bolus. Yeah. So a lot of people give 10 mils per kilo yeah. of an isotonic crystalloid yeah, yeah, yeah. and then okay. reevaluate. Okay. Fine. And then if we're not happy, we repeat that bolus or. So you're titrating the shock bolus? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Okay. Nice. okay. Then. 
resuscitation's over, you're going to the replacement phase. Uh-huh. What question are you asking yourself during that time? Is my patient dehydrated? So you don't have normal R R. Yeah, but R is resuscitation. But then, yeah, oh, you're saying it's not replacement. Ah. It's not replacement, but in veterinary medicine, we, we during do. the replacement phase, mm-hmm. we use these resuscitative fluids, the oh, isotonic okay. crystalloids. So you only need two instead of three. Correct. Mm. Excellent. So, and so you calculate your dehydration, decide how quickly you want to replace that dehydration, and at the same time, you're providing daily requirements. Mm. A lot of people use 50 mils per kilo mm-hmm. per day mm-hmm. uh, for that measurement. A lot of people also will call that maintenance. And that's what I'm trying to get people to move away from. Mm. Because once you've replaced your patient's dehydration, now you move into just providing daily requirements. Mm. And in the ideal world, in a patient that's not dehydrated and not hypovolemic, to provide daily requirements, we would transition from a resuscitative type fluid to a a maintenance type type fluid. Mm -hmm. So D5W half-strength saline, Normasol M. M. Okay. Hmm. Gotcha. Which we don't tend to do. And again, it's just inventory issues. It's inventory issues, seemingly. And so if you're going to use a resuscitative fluid, you just have to remember that that's not electrolyte balanced and you have to maybe supplement potassium, etc. I think in the next edition of our book, the chapter will be a lot smaller. (laughs) I like this. Yeah, I need, I need, uh, I need like the the Cole's notes, the short version of uh, ABC type yep. thing of it's, of fluid therapy. Because yeah, so I, I this brings up another funny story about critical care, which was not my forte, I have to say. <laughs> but uh, I remember that you know you had to go through all this acid base stuff and all the respiratory stuff, and the the thing that saved me were those little booklets, you know. Oh. Yep, you know, the little ones. Yes, not the rows. No, no, it was these, and I can't remember mm-hmm. what it was, but it was about it was respiratory and, and yeah, the renal one. Yeah, and, and, and they're like cheat cheat sheets. No, they're of, they're, they're just you know you've seen rows. Rows is that thick, and it's the bible of yeah. acid mm-hmm. base and electrolyte. Yeah, and these little ones oh. that are you could read in an hour, oh. yes. and it's broken down in such a way that. I could understand. This was fantastic. Yes. Gotcha. It's for simple surgeons like me. Gotcha. And, and probably it. people like you know, me who are exactly easily it. confused so, by uh, fluid yeah. therapy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I want to make sure we don't forget to talk about your social media life. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Let's do that. Let's talk Let's about that. So how did this... Because yeah. I'm so intrigued with you because, like I said, we have a group called Animal Farm where a lot of like-minded Minded. people are part of. And everybody has their little niche. Yeah. And your niche is special really because... Blogs. yeah. It's blocked. So how'd that start? So it started back in May of 2014. I went to Las Vegas for my birthday, went by myself because <laughs> nobody else was available. Aww. And I'm like, well, I'm still going and having fun. Yeah, call and us I, next time. <laughs> yeah, really. No, that's fun. <laughs> yeah, that I was got, a missed opportunity yeah. right there. Yeah. And I actually got upgraded oh. at, oh. believe it or not, the Bellagio, Ooh. and I, had, I was great. I was like, oh, happy birthday to me. Came yeah. for a day. <laughs> and I woke up, and I said, you know what? I'm going to do it. And by doing it, I mean start this owner education yeah. website, yeah. blog, idea yeah. that had been going around in mm-hmm. my mind for a while. Because I think one of the things that we struggle with as a profession is adequately educating owners Mm. uh it's hard we don't have enough time Mm. in the day to dedicate 
to it. We have to speak their language. And we have to speak at a level that they understand mm-hmm. exactly. Mm-hmm. And if you look online, there are a lot of people that try to do it. And we, how many times a day do we roll our eyes at Dr. Google? Mm-hmm. And I'm, I, I just decided not to fight Dr. Google anymore, mm-hmm. but to try and make a better part of Dr. Google. Go with the flow. Like it. And so May 12th, 2014, <laughs> Critical Care DVM was born was born and have been slowly developing the brand mm-hmm. i don't make any money off well, of it yes. <laughs> we know the yeah. story hello <laughs> yeah. Yeah. we're it's, very familiar it, with it's that it's just a passion <laughs> it's I just know. yeah it has to be it's I just a it passion and you know and, and a side goal of that was to increase animal owner awareness about specialists mm-hmm. i love your tagline Pets have specialists too. Because pet, pets can it. have specialists too, and that. and that came being in communications with ACVI and the communications committee with the American College of Veterinary Internal Medicine, realizing that pet owners really are underinformed mm. that specialists are available to partner with them. Obviously. Many of our colleagues in primary care know we're here and they utilize us all the time, but mm-hmm. animal owners don't know about that triad of care mm-hmm. between pet owner, family veterinarian, mm-hmm. primary care veterinarian, and board certified veterinary specialist. Mm-hmm. And so if I could develop online resources to help educate pet owners and highlight the triad of care and make it easier for colleagues in primary care to educate their clients through another use of sense they talk in the they counsel in the exam rooms right but a lot of owners are not auditory learners and they need to hear it again even if they are read it five times yeah yeah so uh the information at criticalcaredvm.com is designed for any colleague any pet owner to use now it is just about dogs and cats because those are the species on which i practice but the goal is for that information to be used and shared as widely as needed and i think it, it, and 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 once again i'm a big fan of the blog but i think it's not only for owners it's also for vets because it teaches vets how to talk owner language one the other thing is i've learned it is, things oh, yeah, so I've, I, I've learned a lot of things <laughs> too so things i think too. you're you, yeah, you're too shy about it because i mean yeah. this is such a wonderful they're really well um, done <laughs> yeah medium sometimes i need a lower level too. of language too <laughs> and, and and it's it's not you're not only focusing on things that you know a lot about i mean you're focusing on the whole array of things so yeah. Yeah. if something comes up i mean you can talk about flea collars you can talk about sure yeah. you know where whatever you talk about and obviously the critical care part too but that's what i like about it because there's sometimes topics i'm like how does this guy know about this <laughs> uh, you know i i survey animal owners that respond on my various social media mm-hmm. and they ask me hey could you share information about this uh, okay of course I can. Yeah. Happy to do so because yeah. that's that's the goal. Right? But how do you do you do because I can imagine you're not a flea collar expert. So how do you do research? To oh yeah, I'll spend I'll spend a lot of time researching. Mm-hmm. You know, there was a vaccine question which led to 
current recommendations in vaccines. Man, I haven't given a vaccine in 16 years. Yeah, yeah. Uh, But but isn't that the beautiful part of doing something like that? Because now I get to learn. Yeah. It's wonderful. It's fantastic. That's why I like this podcast because, you know, I learn every day. Yeah. That's why I like working on textbooks. Yeah. I I learn so much. Do do you have the... Because this, this... I'm so stupid, but uh, do you have the, when I listen to the podcast again, Yes. I hear things that I didn't hear before because we're yes. so into it. Yes. Yes. And so it is, it's really weird. So I just said, I make notes. say this? Yeah. yeah. So for when I'm reading something, I have to do it three times. Okay. That's my system. I read it, mm. then I highlight, mm. and then I make notes yeah. and margins, Yeah. which is for me, this will. Yeah. But it's, it's very hard for any, I think there's very few people who can capture everything one time around, right? Whether it's one read, one listen. We're just not, we're not. We're not built that way. No. What's your favorite blog that you wrote? Yeah, what's your favorite topic that you've done? I think my favorite, well, I think my favorite topics are the immune-mediated diseases. I know you love that. Those those are near to my head. And people always know, why are you sadistic? No, my (laughs) own dog had immune-mediated thrombocytopenia and immune-mediated. Anemia? um, Polyarthropathy. So we had ITP and IMPA together. And, that combined with the fact that during one of my medicine rotations around it for a month I had seven IMHA dogs oh, yeah. wow. and so I just was like okay yeah I guess I great. better I, yeah, I better be an IMHA yeah. expert yeah. I love it and so that that uh, mm. elevated my love for the immune system isn't that funny how that kind of personal thing can influence you right because um, when I do a talk on diabetes, I talk about this because I had a diabetic cat with pancreatitis that totally changes your view, yep. right? And now I'm much more cognizant of how it, what's what the owner's experience is like to manage oh, that disease. Absolutely. When I put an animal on corticosteroids for whatever reason, I have a brand new appreciation. Mm-hmm. When I diagnosed Avery and put him on steroids, I'm like, this is actually kind of hell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But... It's also a sacrifice that yep. I had to yep. make because I don't like to lose. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like you to see the look on his face. was yeah. not going to win. Yeah. And I hate to say this, but, you know, we are... Are we out of time at again? The, yeah. The is always the evil guy who watches the time. The evil guy, you know? <laughs> yes, yes. Well, it's been a blast. He's always so, so glad off. we can finally get together. Yeah. yeah. This has been so you have to come back because the one thing I need to know is we haven't talked anything about what anesthesia we're using for a broadcast. <laughs> we're, we're stepping in the... I am HA trap right now with you. Yeah. So Ooh, we have to definitely do, go there. Because cats and get that too. So, and other, so many other things that we have to talk yeah. about uh, emergency critical care. Yeah. It's wonderful that you're here. It's uh, It has been a blast. It has been. Thanks and for remember, having me. And I have remember, left, we'll you know, go to Las Vegas with you. Yes, anytime. yes, yes. And, and the interesting thing, look at our, you know, we have a printout <laughs> of our, our podcast and it goes. Quite well. Yeah, so yeah, that, yeah, yeah. We're looking at the sound waves that the, <laughs> the recording is is producing, and they're um, they're they're pretty impressive. So you can, that means we had fun. Yeah, it also means it also means that Dr. Yola has some editing to do here. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's your sound job. editing. He's got some sound editing. That's All your right, job. Thank you so much. Thanks, Thanks Chris. Dr. Susan Little is a feline medicine specialist with two cat-only hospitals in Ottawa, Canada. She is best known as an international speaker and as the author and editor of two textbooks, The Cat, Clinical Medicine and Management, and August, Consultations in Feline Internal Medicine. Along with three cats, she also admits to owning two dogs. And you can follow her on social media with the handle at 
cat pet Susan. Dr. Yurla Kirpenstein is a diplomat of the American and European College of Veterinary Surgeons and a big cat fan. His specialties range from surgical oncology and reconstruction to minimally invasive surgery. He is the author of two textbooks on basic and reconstructive surgery. Did you know he was allergic to cats? Yola works currently at Hills Pet Nutrition. You can follow him on social media with the handle at G-B-E-T-S-X. The opinions of this podcast are those by Dr. Susan Little and Dr. Yola Kirpenstein. Veterinary medicine is a complex profession, and often there are multiple diagnostic and therapeutic options for different disease processes. If you're a pet owner with questions, please go to your local veterinarian. If you're a veterinary professional, ask your questions on our Instagram page, at Per Podcast.